This Business Podcast, the Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. If you don't have control of your inventory, you could lose control of your money. Listen in as the two business guys mastermind on how to control your inventory and control your cash. Enjoy. All right, everybody, we are back again. John is back with us last week. Uh, as you notice, he was he was away from the mic because he was fulfilling this huge retail order, you know, and I, and I love to hear success stories like that because guess what? That's what we're in business for, you know? And uh, so the two business guys are back together masterminding and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what he experienced last week in terms of inventory control, uh, inventory management. I think that's one of the, our top topics, but off mic, we were talking about trying different, uh, channels and trying different um, methods and marketing channels and testing things, right? I came across a really, really good book called Traction that I forgot that I had. I'm, I'm listening to, I got, I got this, this, the Get Rich team, right? You know, and we got together and we had some, some, some vittles and some dinner and we were talking about, uh, that book came up and I'm thinking, man, I, that book sounds familiar to me, right? So I go home, look at my Amazon inventory, and yep, there it is. I have it. So what I ended up having, uh, uh, I did, is I had Alexa reading it to me. Oh, she just came on. I had her reading it to Sorry, me. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> While I was in the, in the office, right? And then I made a video of, you know, that whole process and how you can use your AI, blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, all this kind of stuff. So anyway, I, I had the book and it was, it talked about trying different avenues, right? You don't want to put a lot of money in it, but what you're trying to do with your business is attempt to find the best place that your stuff sticks, you know, where it, until it doesn't, right? And, and they, they suggest that every one of those areas eventually gets stale, right? It eventually gets stale, but your, your job is to constantly be trying different things. So John and I were talking about how uh, with his Ineffable Sock brand, um, he found in his, in his analytics that the majority of people buying them were women. How, I got some. I'm not a woman. But the point is, that's who's buying them, whether they're buying them for their dudes or what. You know, The point is, okay, with that in mind, then... For John, the idea is to go to the traction site, right? The target, if you will, they talk about that in traction, um, to go right to the area where most women are or most of his customers and buyers, et cetera, et cetera, are, right? And if you can you know, drill down on those analytics more, John, I can you know, show you some ways you can pinpoint them. Mm -hmm. I mean, to an accuracy like you wouldn't believe using um, Facebook. You know, I mean, so, and not only just Facebook, there's some other little tips and tricks too. Um, if you, there's some other affiliate sites that, that I use 
that will do a lot of that work for you. So you can literally you know, act like you're getting ready to sell their socks and see who their target market is, mm. right? So you're going, oh my goodness. Cause a lot of times they'll have a lot of this for you already, right? Um, the affiliate did all the work. They went and found the target market, uh, women between the ages of, men between the ages of, whatever. And then you just kind of go, okay, cool. Then you take that information, bring it back into your, into your uh, uh, ad platforms and you just plug it in, mm. right? Especially if you find, um, I'll give you an example for like ClickBank. ClickBank, um, the people that sell, the publishers on, on ClickBank, they do a really good job of, again, giving you all the assets because they, they just want stuff sold, right, through your channels. So they do a lot of the analytics and all that kind of stuff. So you can grab that information from them. You can even grab some of the, uh, the, the ad copy, not copy it, copy it, but you can look at it and be inspired by it and then do your own. And then literally grab uh, uh, who they're targeting, what lanes they're targeting, what works, and just plug it in, right? And you're, I think we talked a little bit about this before, and, and um, but you know that allows you to now go where people are, your particular customer base. Now we found that seventy-one percent, or the research is showing that seventy-one percent of the users on Pinterest are women, and and women, you know, they get after it, man. They buy the most of the stuff, right? They're one still reading books and all that kind of stuff. So now running ads on Pinterest have, has never been easier. They make it so easy. As soon as you pin something or as soon as you go in, they'll ask you, boom, you want to run an ad? <laughs> or do you want to pin something, right? And if you want to pin something, of course, then um, if you don't have a board already, they'll say, want to create one? You go, well, yeah, right? So you could literally be using it for that uh, that purpose uh, only, just, and then and then the ads run really well. They give you uh, the analytics, and you can literally see results from what you've done pretty quickly. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you'll see the impressions, which is normal language for in, in this space, and then you'll see how many people went over to your website, clicked on something, and then you can obviously see if there's were purchases made, but that's our job, you know? So now what that's going to do though, that is that going to affect one thing? That's what we're going to be talking about today, everybody, is that, that when you do one of these ad campaigns or, you know, if you've had the luck of going on Shark Tank, something is going to happen that is literally going to affect your business. And if you don't have control over your inventory, you can be out of business, right? And, and we've, you may have heard this before, but that becomes a scaling problem. I can't scale the business up. In other words, I can't even meet demand. So inventory management is going to be a very, very key thing. And we've got some notes here that we want to kind of kick down uh, for you guys. And it doesn't matter. If you're just starting off, have this in your mind. If you're in the middle uh, phase of your business, um, then you, you've probably experienced this. And if you're you know, a mature company, then you might want to take a look at some of the newer ways that you can control your inventory. So John, what, let's, let's just give our listeners a big overview. What is inventory management? Absolutely. So it's, it's a few different things. It, could, it is the material, um, the goods you sell, or even the equipment um, that helps you perform the, the service or, or, or the uh, manufacturing of a product. 
Um, it's, it's all of those things that help move products and services through your organizations. And there are four different, four different categories. There's the raw materials. So if I'm a, if I'm a mason, a brick mason, um, my raw material would be my bricks or, or my mortar, my sand mix. Um, if I, if I am, uh, creating garments, it could be the, the thread or um, the fabrics that I'm, that I'm uh, using to make the clothing. Um, it could be the work in progress. So it's everything, it's the raw materials, the, the, excuse me, the materials, the rent uh, for the building that you own, um, your utilities, your overhead, so your accountant, who you usually don't uh, think of when you're bidding a job. Mm. Um, it's your finished goods. So that's the product uh, in, in, as Randy said, I sell socks. So my socks are the finished good that, that goes out to market um, and they're ready to sell. Or um, they could be maintenance items. So how often are we changing the oil in a fleet vehicle or, mm. Do we have um, su enough supplies, whether that's in an office setting and it's pen and, and copy or ink or paper, or um, whether it's, it's tooling or machinery in a construction or a manufacturing type facility. It could uh, it'd be any of those types of things. Um, the, the, the rubber gloves, if you're preparing food and you need gloves to do that, you're not actually, uh, the customer's not getting the rubber gloves, but it's used in the process of making the product or service. Yeah, there is, back in the, the day, right, uh, I was working maybe, I think it was three jobs. I was uh, slinging pizzas, mm -hmm. and I was, I was working at the mall uh, in a, uh, I think, a place called the Children's Store, stocking shelves. Mm -hmm. And then I worked at uh, a store. Right. And like, guys, if, if we've, we've talked a little bit about this before, but when we start thinking that, and digging down into it is because typically we get uh, somebody saying, can you tell me more about uh, inventory management? They may be having a problem. So we come back around, swing back around, talk about it some more. But anyway, I found that one of the biggest things that they worried about in the convenience store was theft. Mm. Right. Theft was the difference between profit and no profit. So their inventory management was so tough. You know what I mean? You couldn't buy if you, you know, cause you get hungry, you're, you're working you're three to 11 or whatever, and you go eat a little food and they were like, get on you. They were always talking about counting and always, oh, it used to drive me nuts. But now I understand why they did that. Because again, that's the difference between sometimes a profit and loss. So one of the uh, factors, of course, is theft. You want to know what you got so that you can determine whether or not something got either misused and not accounted for or, you know, it's in somebody's pocket, right? Because that is material that you've already paid for. And also, I think, John, too, when we start thinking about inventory management, one of the things I remember from accounting was LIFO and FIFO. Yes, yes. And so that would be very helpful in, uh, in your convenience store. Um, 
scenario because uh, you want to make sure that the first items that come into the store are the first ones to leave because they're dated. Usually they're perishable right. items. Right. Um, so you don't want to sell the stuff you just got. You want to sell the stuff that's been sitting on the shelf the longest. So Please. you what would you front. Think? You would you would front that in front of uh, the newer <laughs> yeah. stuff, but yes. you're, when when you talk about theft, that's not just an issue on the outside, a customer issue. That's also an employee issue mm -hmm. as well. Um, whether that's tooling or raw materials that your your business uses, if you're a carpenter, it could be as simple as nails. It could be pens. If you're if you uh, are, are in some type of professional office environment. Um, I remember uh, when I was in the pipeline industry, we had, <clears throat> excuse me, big fuel tanks in our yard, and uh, we would fill up our, um, a lot of our machinery with those fuel tanks, and we would track how much fuel that we're using every time somebody would fill up a piece of equipment and whatnot, and we found that there was a lot of um, fuel that, that kept going missing. Mm. Well, we put a camera up back there and we found that that somebody on the weekend was was coming around the back side of our property and filling up their personal stuff with our fuel tanks um so if we wouldn't have tracked that um and put it you know put a stop to that we end up putting a big fence up so no one could come through the back side of our property any anymore but if we that could have been it was expensive, but it could have been a heck of a lot more expensive if we, if we wouldn't have known um, and, and kept an inventory of our, you know, the, the, the basic materials and, and equipment that we have. So we got theft, public theft. We got employee theft, right? What are some of the other factors that control why we should keep uh, you know, an accurate count, an accurate management. I can think yeah. about this the whole stuff. Right? Oh, man. You're listening out there. Start thinking There's, about this for your business. It's a it, wasted time is a huge one. So you're not prepared. Uh, if you're in a manufacturing facility and, and you're making something and it requires, uh, I don't know, plastic or, or fiberglass or whatever, and you find out halfway through the day that you have a people, you have 30 people on the line that can't continue working for the rest of the day because you don't have enough material. Wow. Um, and we, we see this all the time in, in different areas, um, whether that's a construction site, um, making sure that the proper planning is in place and that you have the appropriate, not just materials, but the, the appropriate tooling as well. Um, you, you could be in some sort of construction field or, or whatnot, and you get to a job site, which takes you an hour to get to, and you find out that you don't have a piece of equipment in your tool trailer. Well, now you have to drive back to the shop or send somebody else back to the shop while everybody else is waiting for that person. Um, so, those types of wasted money is, is, is the hugest, huge thing, excuse me. Also wasted hours. Um, wasted hours. You have, yeah, uh, just like I said, you could have people that have to go back because of things they forgot. Well, also, um, if you're not keeping track, and, and specifically what I mean is job reporting. So every, every um, specific job 
should have a report because when you put a bid together for anything, a proposal or, or contract, you should know about which professor, professionals um, and how long and their pricing. So if I am a marketing agency and I'm hiring a photographer for half a day, mm-hmm. um, I know what, what the market run of a photographer is um, for that time frame. And I have that time figured, that time and the materials and everything figured into my proposal. But if I'm not if I'm not doing that accurately, or I'm I'm misquoting, uh, leaving out essential individuals. If I'm doing a construction project and uh, I forget to add uh, the information for the electrician or the plumber or whatnot, I'm eating those costs in the end. Yeah. And this could be anything. Um, a lot of individuals. Uh, don't take into effect packaging materials. Let's say that I'm, uh, I'm selling pins and I have to package those up in boxes and, and send them out and mail them. Well, if I'm not figuring everything from the paper in the box that holds the pins together um, to, to the labels that go on the packages, to the tape, or the, the, the plastic that your labels fit into, right, right. well, those are costs that I'm eating. And so we have, you as a business owner have to take into account all of those things. I mean, all of those things plus time, uh, you know, mileage, um, car, if you're driving your personal vehicle or, or if you have a fleet, wear and tear on your vehicle and maintenance, uh, oil changes, um, all of these things you should be cognizant of. And that's so that's interesting that you say that, John, because this is when I think people are, are in their businesses and they just don't realize why they're not making any money because all of these little costs come up, right? And they're going, man, I, I did a good book of business. Um, it shows that I should have made a profit given that I had X amount of customers and I charged them X amount of dollars. I should make money. Right. And then because uh, I always I always do this, too. I, I say somebody tells me, you know, how much money they made in their business. And I, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I don't know if I'm a cynic or what, but it's against what costs. Yep. Against what costs. Now, I don't even throw in and time. Right. right? You could and, be. Yeah. You could be a 50 million dollar business and spend uh, 50 million dollar, 50 million and one dollar. And your business is not a success. You're right. you're not making money. You're losing money in the end. Yeah. Um, you you'd be better off to be a hundred thousand dollar business making fifty thousand dollars profit. You know, uh, and right there you're getting a, 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 the return. It, and it's so funny that I was looking at I was doing some research on some media companies, and I was looking at like the top I think it was the top 10, 10 media companies. Um, uh, because I saw this one that kind of surprised me. It was, it was like, I think it was Penske Media, Penske Media Company or something like that. And in the, in the research, what I found was it showed, oh, excuse me, it showed how much his investment was. It was like $200 million. And then it showed how many employees in, in sales. And I looked at that and I go, man, down the line, I think one of the best was Crane Media Company. 
and they had like, I don't know, I can't remember the top, top of my head, but they had like 50 employees. They were making like $250 million. I was like, wait a minute. The, 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 the spread between the, and I'm thinking, what is the problem here? Because the spread was so huge, right? And what is, what is the difference here? One had 650 employees, one had like 1,100 employees. And I'm thinking, man, this company is not making a lot of money. So you start thinking about your inventory costs, right? Or uh, all the things that's associated with whether or not you're going to make a profit. Your, your obvious biggest job in your company is to make a profit. You know, not just survive, not just give you a, sal a salary, which is nice and good, but something that's going to give you some of that compoundable wealth, right? Uh, and I know last week, uh, you know, in your absence, Rob and I had talked a little bit about that compoundable wealth. You know, what does that mean? And oftentimes, what we're, what we're starting these businesses for is so that they will bring us wealth, not just a salary, but wealth, right? So that we can, we can make 25, 30, 40, 50%. You can't get those kind of returns out there in the market. So as you're thinking about why I'm doing this stuff, and as you're considering all the little things that could affect your business, inventory management is one of those things, right? Now I work in uh, the digital space, right? So, you know, I don't have, you know, that, continual inventory management, if you will. But you guess what? All of the digital uh, real estate and online properties that I have, I have to keep account of those. Mm -hmm. I have to remember what's old. So I'm using some of the, you know, uh, the same concepts, the LIFO and the FIFO, last in, first out, first in, first out, some of those same concepts. So all you guys out there and young ladies out there thinking, oh, well, I'm in the digital space, so I'm good. No, 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 no. No, no. You still have to account for what you did last, right? And what's out there in front of the public, uh, uh, you know, first, if you will. You still have to think about these things. You have to refresh old courses. You have to add content. I'll give you an example. I bought a course from a, a very popular marketer out there. And man, I went in and it wasn't a lot of money, but I bought the course and it was so, the, the material was old. You know what I mean? It wasn't refreshed. I don't mind doing, you know, getting a course that's got some old material, but at least refresh it, man. I mean, come in and says, okay, here, here's an addendum too, right? It's like how uh, uh, when a singer does an album, right? And they're doing a, a, a compilation, if you will, an anthology or whatever in book writing. It's just, you know, you're adding extra pieces to what's already out there. And now you kind of go, oh, I get a little bit old and I get a little bit of the new. Yes. That's about inventory, managing your inventory in a way that makes sense. It, I, think, and I, I just want to bring this up on, on is because we do run so many things digitally nowadays. Now, if you were to do a project for a company and there was some proprietary uh, software that you had to purchase and you're only going to use it for this company, mm. you have to make sure that it's going to be worth it that that's going to be included in your costs that you're going to have payback because if, if you're not going to get paid for that software and you're never going to use it again, mm -hmm. you just lost money if you're eating that cost. 
Um, you That's take it. that out of your, you take that out of your profits. And a lot of people in the digital space, they don't look at uh, things as simple as that. Um, and it's very important that that we look at it. If you know when you're when you're purchasing new programs, uh, well, what's my return on investment? Uh, how many customers can I use this for? And how That's much good. can can uh, they underwrite it in in you know their be underwritten in their proposal or my proposal to them um, yeah, that's, that's all good stuff go ahead John no no just making sure that you capture um, even the intangible things that that may not you know it doesn't have to be something that, that you can feel in your hands it, it's you know it could be as simple as uh, software and you know things that uh, you may not use on a daily basis and hey this is an anomaly i'm using a special yeah so you want to make sure you're capturing that and, and and when we talk about these hidden costs everybody you know think about that now you just said in the digital space right i use a lot of apps i think i had counted them up once and i was up to like there was 26 different apps that i you know using so i just what i personally and this is a, a tip for you guys is i spun those out and then i you know create a whole site called the tools to use to make money online right and then now i can really speak to those tools and then you know you in essence become a reviewer of the tools and then there's some money that you can make from that process right because of course you can become affiliate to all of these and et cetera et cetera so we'll, we'll talk more about that in, in our actual course so um but that all is you know, some of the little, the little things that you'll need, you know, what we're about is, hey, what tricks, tips, and secrets that we can share with you as we mastermind, as two business guys masterminding this stuff. And, uh, and that's why we love to take a subject that we talked about before and break it apart in a different way and, and present it to you. So you've heard maybe bits and pieces, but now when we start adding that digital part, right? Right. That's one of those things where you, you say, wait a minute, I didn't think about that. Absolutely. If you have software and you buy it for one specific customer, you better make sure you turn that thing off. I can tell you personally that sometimes I didn't even realize I still had a software, was still paying for it until a credit card got denied or something. And then they said, Hey, we couldn't we couldn't recharge you for this. I was like, wait a minute, I thought I bought this. I didn't know it was like a yearly renewal. Right? And I and I this is little things that eat at your money. And then at the end, when you're doing your uh your checks and balances and you're going, wait a minute, why isn't my company making money like it should be? Little things like that. The what I call them the the little barrel leaks, right? Here's your you know, barrel that's supposed to collect your cash, but it got all these darn leaks in it. You're constantly be on top of that. So now, is, is it something that we should dedicate a person to? Should we just have an inventory person? Or are you the inventory person just starting off? You're a solopreneur. What are we doing? Well, in, in small businesses, most of us wear multiple hats. Um, but yes, somebody should be in charge of inventory. I'm not saying that's their sole responsibility in a smaller outfit. That is just not not possible. That could be you as the owner taking on that that role. Um, but it but it needs to be done. Um, even looking at if there if there's servicing of machineries, if you have a copy machine or 
or even a coffee machine, are we servicing those um, where we're not going to run into doing the preventive stuff where we're not going to run into the big expenses down the line? Those are a lot of things that that um, businesses don't think of. They run something until boom, it shuts off. It, it's it's busted. Um, because they never, and they get half the life out of that piece of equipment. Mm. Um, so their payback was, was, you know, they didn't even make money on that piece of equipment, essentially. Um, so even uh, doing the preventative stuff, it's just like preventative healthcare, if you think of it that way. You know, if, if I'm going in, I'm getting my checkup done um, annually, and my doctor's checking out my levels, it's the same thing that we should be doing on everything. Um, from the copy machine to, to like I said, um, any type of equipment. If you're <clears throat> uh, looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, hydraulic fluids, changing the oils on time, um, just making sure uh, greasing different joints so things aren't rusting up on you, but uh, just making sure that stuff is taken care of in a way that you're going to get the most money out of it um, because that's the key. If you're, if you're running it like heck and you're not taking care of it, you're not going to get the most out of that. That's interesting that you say that because I can recall there were, you know, one of the biggest games, if you will, for a lot of people selling stuff is the maintenance fees that they Mm -hmm. charge you to come and maintain it. Right. And, and that's math, right? When you start, and not a lot of heavy math. It's just basically saying, okay, I got this piece of equipment and this is how we you know, need to be looking at our car, everything. I've got this piece of equipment. It says it is supposed to last three and a half years. You know, if you're in a restaurant business, you know, this is key. You know, you've got a slicer and it's supposed to last you three and a half years. Right. But it also says, weekly maintenance is required and you kind of go ah it'll last me three and it lasts a year now think about the math there you now have to potentially go buy for not doing a weekly something whatever that was that they suggest taking it apart i don't know oil in it whatever it is right um and if you didn't do that now you have to go buy another piece of equipment you know, I mean, there's so many different things to think about, but this is all about managing what you have. Now, again, when you hear, you know, managing uh, inventory management, think of that as a metaphor as well, right? It doesn't matter if you're a painter. What about your brushes? Mm-hmm. You don't have the right brushes. You didn't do them right, right? And I remember when I was in the house repair and flipping business and all that kind of stuff, man, and I would go through, like you would not believe, I would go through rollers for painting and it drove me nuts. And then there was, I saw somebody do something once, this old school painter, after he was done with his roller for the day, he would take a old, you know, like an old plastic bag and he would wrap it. I thought, what is this guy doing? It's wrapped. But when you came back the next day, it wasn't dried out. You can literally start where you left off. I thought, how brilliant is that? But you know what I mean? That's a management thing. Mm -hmm. 
painters. You know, I got a, a friend that's an artist. He did some really, really good art for me, you know, did our family portrait from a picture, you know, cost me a lot of money. But my point is, is that, you know, he, 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 he talked about the time it took him and the time that he had to go through different brushes because one dried out, that's managing your inventory. All right, again, somebody's out there, you know, being a smart, smart A and they're saying, well, I'm in the digital space. Okay, all right. We talked about how that's important too. You gotta make sure that the stuff you have, I'll give you an example from Zoom. Everybody's doing Zoom now, right? So what's happening with Zoom? Zoom, number one, they had all kind of uh, uh, security problems, right? Security problems like crazy. And then, so they had to do some extra stuff. Now they had been you know, going along with the you know, millions of users that they had and all of a sudden they spiked up. So it required more attention to their infrastructure. Right? They had to manage what they had differently. They had to put in some protocols. On the housing side, like John and I, we were talking and, and there was a point that John had stopped and it says, your internet's unstable. So I probably have to upgrade, you know, my router. I should probably get some extenders because now I'm in a different office. I got, you know, three computers going. These are the little things that can affect what you're doing. And if we're not managing those, it's going to affect our business. You know, you don't want to be, it, we've seen it, right? We've seen this before. We see a company and it's like, man, that truck used to be awesome. Now it's a, it's a, a bucket of bolts, you know? And you know, I don't know if I want that guy showing up at my, at, at that plumber showing up at my house with the raggedy vehicle, because if he's not driving a decent vehicle, maybe he's not going to do a decent job <laughs> on my plumbing. Yeah. Now you're starting to see the various areas that this matters. <clears throat> and what you may have to do. Now, here's another consideration. This is something that when I saw it in your notes, John, I thought, man, I, I didn't think about that. But when you have certain people doing certain jobs and at what price point they're doing those jobs. This is huge. This is so, so big. All right. Um, and, 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 and I've run into this before. You'll have a specialized person, you know, a $50, $60 an hour person working for you. And they're going to, you know, they're spending an hour uh, preparing for the day, getting their materials together um, and loading it up into their vehicle or going to Home Depot or, or wherever and, and, and just wasting time like that, where you could have had a $20 an hour person prepare that ahead of time or you could have had the $20 um, an hour person, you know, be going to Home Depot or filling up the fuel in the truck ahead of time. Um, so you're not wasting uh, money because you're paying $30 more an hour for a person to do that. Yeah, and yeah. you're not wasting, but, but also your time too. That's time that that $50 an hour is not on, he's, they're not on the job site performing their specialty. That's um, key. I remember I was working over, and this is just another area. Now, why we're we talking about this is because we're talking about inventory management, but as it relates to now your employees, for example. Uh, and I remember when I was you know, director of workforce development for a nonprofit here in town. And 
you know, we had just let go of a guy and all this stuff. So, you know, one, one, one person, one guy was left and he was just, you know, getting his head crushed, man, from all of the people that he had to write resumes for and the whole thing. So I started helping out. Now, here I am, you know, the director of the, of the, of the department and I was doing resumes. Now, don't get me wrong. I could do resumes. But the point was, I shouldn't have been doing resumes. Was that the best use of your time for, your, that for the, the dollar amount that time? you were getting paid? Exactly. I should have been, you know, in Lansing doing, you know, political stuff. I should have been, you know, canvassing all over. I should have been doing that kind of stuff. But yet, you know, out of the desire to do a good job with the customers, which is obviously, you know, you do what you have to do, you still have to understand. And one of the examples I like to use, and I heard this recently, I tell you, man, it changed the way I, I started thinking about how I do business. It says that eventually you have to stop being a soldier and start being a general. Right? And, a general I, is not out there hand to hand combat. Can they? Absolutely. Should they be? Nope. Right. And and I've and I've had this discussion with a lot of team leaders. Um, and I'll I'll say to them the you know, for, and I'll give you an example. Well, if if I don't show the employees that I would clean the bathroom. Yeah. Um, they're not going to think that, that I'm working. And what I say is, well, you never ask someone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. That's unsafe that you wouldn't do, but you have to also be conscientious of, well, if, if you're doing something, um, that, that someone at a lower pay grade can do and you, you could have been doing something else with your time, right. you're losing money. Um, so it's, it's the balance of those two things. You don't, you don't tell somebody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Um, but at the same time, you have to understand um, what people are getting paid in their specialties. And is that the best use of their time for the company? Um, yeah. That's one of those things, John, that I tell you, as you're thinking about your business, it, 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 and, and this is one of the reasons why we wanted to come on and just mastermind on this stuff because, and now we're going through a list of like 30 things, right? Our, when we first started, we kind of went through uh, like a list of 30 things that are making these businesses fail. And we're probably at number 27, right? One of the, and it, which is inventory management. I right? didn't go in any particular order but it is critical that you start thinking about this stuff. Now, as we go forward, after we get through the 30, then what we're going to be doing is just, you know, breaking these pieces apart and showing you how they work in your business and how you can now start going out there doing some of these special things. Maybe it's getting some software. Maybe it's leveraging people. Maybe it's leveraging something that's already free for you out there information-wise so that you can now have an easier time as you continue on making your money in your business, right? And we mastermind on this stuff all, all, all weekend. We apply it to our own businesses, right? And one of the things I wanted to get into, John, is you, you, you had a very busy week with your own inventory, right? And 
when I heard when I heard your story, man, I, I, it kind of you know brought a chuckle to me because we all, if we've been in any kind of business, we know that we've had inventory before. Whether you're you know multi-level marketing, you had a whole bunch of products in your garage that you had to sell. <clears throat> uh, doesn't matter. I mean, back in the day, you know, I used to I used to mess around with the water purifiers way back in the day. I think they were called NSAs. I don't even think we could say NSA now because NSA will get you. But, uh, you know, you would, you know, supposed to get all these products in and um, uh, now you got to go sell them, you know, Lord forbid if you have a flood, right, or, or the basement flood. So when you were putting out your products, when you had a huge call for your inventory, what was that like? What did you have to do? You were so busy, man. So I, I usually um, don't don't carry uh, huge amounts of inventory mm-hmm. um, because when I, when I do place large orders, I have them sent directly to uh, from the manufacturer to, to the customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually one or two different uh, products at a time that, that retailers are asking for. Well, this time they, they wanted to see uh, a retailer wanted to see uh what what we had in our holdings all of our products and they wanted to see what we had and so i had sent them over the inventory list showing them all the different products that like pictures or you just kind of said you know pictures and you know material you know materials and the breakdowns on everything and uh mm-hmm. and they're like we want it all wow and, one retailer uh, or, or was it one re- well I had a retailer um, right before that request um, two different styles of, of our sporting socks. Mm-hmm. And so those were already put aside. And then like later, later that day, I get one from the other retailer requesting ev- everything else in, in our inventory. Oh, wow. Nice. And uh, usually um, since our specialty is this socks, usually, um, we don't sell uh, that many hats to retailers. Usually that's more of online novelties mm-hmm. to people who, who are fans, mm-hmm. but they requested like all of our hat styles and even our, our COVID-19 mask styles. Um, so um, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was fun. And I think it's an opportunity. It was an opportunity to get products that, that are generally reserved for the website into stores so on a national level people will be able to see those but it wasn't anything um that i that we had planned for just because Mm -hmm. that that has never happened in the past two years um so now i'm in the spot where i'm i'm reordering my entire inventory and uh it's it's uh it's generally something that we don't do because we're what we're doing is uh we're monitoring um at all times, what, what's in our pipeline? What are we selling? Um, if something's sitting and not selling for six to 12 months, we're not putting it back out there. Um, mm-hmm. We're not, we're not going to manufacture that again. Um, so it, it's very unusual for this, this type of thing, because usually our, our inventory is reserved for web purchases only. It just happened. Um, this, this uh, retailer, they're like, hey, we want 
we want everything and we want it we want it now we want to put in our stores and uh yeah. it's like this is such a huge opportunity i mean from a national standpoint actually they 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 have uh stores in europe and every everywhere else but ours will be in the united states but you know, that could be a huge opportunity going forward, but it wasn't something that, that we planned, but it is something that now I have to play catch up on inventory and I'm going back and I'm looking at um, the sales over periods of time, over quarters to see what items were selling when and how much items, um, you know, what, what our most successful items were. And there are items that, hey, we're not, we're not reordering. Uh, because it's, you know, it, it doesn't make us money. We don't sell enough of that product to make sure. it worth it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. Um, it's, it was, uh, it's exciting. Um, but at the same time, um, it's, it's one of those things that, that keeps us on our toes and, and we're glad if I didn't have a good inventory system, um, I wouldn't know what to give that retailer. Right. And that's uh, what we talk about, you know, having your inventory management, right? To take advantage of opportunity, your inventory management, so that you know what to tell, to tell the, what if John had d double sold, if he hadn't set aside what he had for, uh, to honor a, a, you know, a purchase, and then resold it to the other person that came up and says, I want it all. And you, and you kind of says, well, okay. And then you take from the other retailer, right? I mean, if you're not managing yourself, and don't get me wrong, guys, you know, when, you, when you're first starting off, you know, it may be the old, old school selling CDs from the trunk of your car or, uh, you know, selling sauce from, you know, from your kitchen or, you know, uh, selling, you know, uh, Lux Brands, uh, preserves from, you know, it, it may be one of those deals where it's coming so fast. Those are Lux preserves are fantastic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, my wife and I, we, we love them. Uh, she, she does a great job. Yeah. And Kimberly does a great job. Yeah. Yep. And Kim, and I'm telling you, when, when I talk with her about, you know, and I'll send her a text every now and then. So, you know, where are you right now? What's happening? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then just drop a couple ideas on her. And then, you know, get out of there because she does a great job with what she has, you know, but imagine this. I, every now and then I'll be at uh, like South Haven or uh, Saugatuck or something like that. And I'll see brands like hers and I'll see them packaged in a certain way. So I'll maybe send a picture and saying, OK, you know, you know, here's something that you could do to roll out your stuff. Here's a here's a packaging idea, something like that. Right. And then I say and look at the price. Absolutely. Right. Look at the price. It, the prices may be way out and hers has some extra stuff in it. So I'm thinking, are you priced right? That, that is so important. And I see this all the time, um, especially in uh, minority owned companies, they underprice themselves. Um, their product, you know, the products, um, are, are just as good, if not better. And so they shouldn't be underpricing, um, themselves, uh, right. and, and because they're losing money in, in turn, um, you should, you should price yourself at 
the fair market price um, in the, in the niche that you're in and whatever that is. Um, don't, don't undersell. Um, don't put a lower price than you're worth because people view that in a certain way saying, Oh, the, the product or the service must not must be as, yeah. And that, yeah. that's simply not true. So, so don't do that. Yeah. It's really interesting that, um, that you said it, John, because you know, there's some products that I have out there that I, I'm literally raising the price on, mm-hmm. you know, the first price was in an attempt to, um, you know, just kind of, look at the market and test the market out and stuff like that. And then when it started selling a lot, I thought, man, I got to raise the price. Didn't get a chance. Inventory management, right? I didn't get a chance to go back to it because I had other products and other, other activities and stuff like that. But now I'm going back to it. I'm raising the price. And I mean like double. It's a digital product and it's, it's a long course and I'm raising the price to like double as I started looking at other things out there and I started taking a look at the time and, and quality that I put into it. And I started, uh, you know, basing it against what else is out there. Now that's one of the key things. And this is, this is something that we have to also be careful of. We may say to ourselves from, you know, this still related to inventory management, right? We say to ourselves, well, I put all this time, material, people, labor, cost into something therefore i must charge x and it could that charge x could be so huge that you it's almost like you're delusional right i I saw this in the housing market man i'm telling you i sit between two you know half million dollar houses i don't know how my house is, is not half million dollars it's not nowhere near that. But my point is that that I saw a, a house get totally, you know, down to the studs redone. I mean, down to the studs, man. It, you know, and I just, I actually just took a look at it last week. And don't get me wrong. It is, looks beautiful inside compared to the way it did look. And they want $429,000 for it. Now, I went out, the first thing I said was, these people are delusional. I mean, on one hand, you're like, great, if you get it, you know, that, that boosts everybody up, but not, that's not the point. It's because they put so much into it that they believe that they now have to charge this much. I don't care how much inventory you put. I don't care how many people that you have put on your inventory. Don't try to overcharge the market. That's right. just delusional. But, but don't underprice your stuff right. either. And in the beginning, you're going to take a loss in the business because there are things when you're establishing a brand, there's a lot of uh, research that you're doing, um, a lot of designing, a lot of marketing that you're finding doesn't work the way that you thought it would. Sure. But, but when you're, after you've been established, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't under under you know under price yourself um, price yourself at market um, if it's if it's a, a specialty or luxury item price yourself just just um, as much as your competitors um, and because you're worth that and what you're doing is you're telling um, the public that hey this is this is what I am worth this I don't have to 
to sell at a lower price. This is just as good, if not better quality than anything else that's out there on the market. Right, right. And something I'm curious about, John, before we wrap up um, is now if you're, you're listening out there, you're thinking, well, how do I take something like inventory management and make it make a difference? Let me give you an example. You now are putting this into what we call the, you know, what is your unique selling proposition? What value, pro unique value proposition, or whatever you want to say to that, is how can you use what you do with your inventory as a way to say it is a benefit to your customer, that it, can, it helps solve their problem better, right? None other, none better than Amazon right? You pop in, you buy that product, it's there tomorrow. You're like, really? Yes. And they just got approved for zone de uh, uh, um, um, drone delivery, mm -hmm. right? The FTA, is this Federal Trade Missouri? Uh, I think it's FTA? No. Yeah, uh, no, uh, FFA. Yeah, FFA. yeah, they, ju they just, they just um, approved them to start delivering via drones. Now wow. keep in mind, you got to, you know, drones got to, you know, it got buildings and you got all these different, you know, potential problems, right? You know, I can see all kinds of problems, you know, people shooting did, down. Did you, just, just a real quick side, side note, since you mentioned that, did you hear about uh, the, the drone that was just taken out over, uh, over Lake Michigan by an eagle? Yeah, I did hear about that. <laughs> Right. Anyway, the sorry, I didn't says, mean to. The eagle says, "Hey, so you see all these potential problems. So your your item might not get to you." But my point here is that is that you know, are you able to now use how you do everything in your business, and specifically, well, this is the tip, the trick. If hopefully you guys listened in and you 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 continued on listening to this nugget here, your inventory management as a benefit, not just a feature. Feature is, hey, I, I will get it there to you next day. You want to wrap that thing in such, you know, in such a coat of how that benefits you. No longer do you have to wait. No two-day shipping. There the next day so you can get on with your day, enjoying your family, making your money, whatever it is. Right now, now I'm kind of going, yeah, don't let me think about it. Don't let me think about why what you do and how fast you get it to people is a benefit to me. Tell me, make sure that I know, <laughs> right? That's a part of a little bit of marketing, but now you've just basically said to them with the way we do our stuff, because we have our automations, because we have our this, we now get it to you faster, save you time, save you money so you can get on and enjoy your family. Yes. You see what I mean? Just a little bit of word changing from something that is, is when you probably heard this subject, you're probably like, dude, why are they talking about inventory management? And this one nugget could be the difference. How can you manage your stuff in a way? Now think about John's and his business. How can he manage his business in a way that retailers say, I can trust him to get me stuff. We just had all of these people doing uh, shopping for their children, even though their children are at home three days a week, right? They're, you know, on Zoom, going to school on Zoom, right? And people are buying sometimes at the same level 
And I think that took maybe retailers. So I started thinking about why you were, you know, why, why the business, that's why I was asking you questions. What changed? What's different? Well, they were saying no, 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 no. Then I was like, yes, because they started showing people out there buying. And what did other people do when they see other people out there buying? They go, oh, I better get out there and get my, my child, uh, their stuff, right? People are starting to be called back to work. People are saying, well, I can't, my money's run, run it's getting funny. I got to go get a job. So now they got to go and change your clothing. Why? Because guess what? While they were home during the pandemic of 2020, that body changed. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some in shape people and I've seen some people that are, that it got the best of them. Or a shape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, me. <laughs> it got the best of them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they ate themselves into a situation. Uh, and now they got to guess what? Different clothing. And they didn't realize it. They were like, well, I'm not wearing any clothes. You know, I'm, I'm kind of bumming around the crib right now in the house right now. So, but now they're saying, ah, I got to get out there and make it happen. I got to go and interview again. I got to go out and ties don't work. That's no good. You know what I mean? They're on Zoom. And this is something that I had told you. I said, look, man, I would love to see you do a funny commercial where a person has. And, and guess what? No sooner did I tell you that I saw a commercial where a guy uh, walks out of his house. He, he's got a shirt on and underwear and socks. <laughs> right? And, and so he comes into the backyard and he's like watering some plants. Then he looks over and his wife and two guests are there. And he says, oh, I, I thought we were going to, I thought we were meeting on Zoom or something. He said, I thought we were meeting online. So, you know, he had the top half and I can imagine if he had some cool, you know, ineffable socks, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and then you say something like, you know, what you wear in the middle doesn't matter, but from the toe and the top, the toe and the top, it better be good. Ineffable socks. I can imagine that, right? Yeah. So, so That's I just good. I had, I had told a, a tie. I says a tie. I says you know, create something like this. I said that way, you you're making this time funny, and then maybe people you know they buy the material just because the commercial was so darn funny. That was funny, man. The guy comes out and he has some, you know, some, some whitey tidies or whatever they call them, tidy whities. And he just walks out. He looks over. I thought, I thought we were meeting online. <laughs> and the wife was like this. And the people were shocked. They were like, dude. <laughs> but how many people are, you know, in that situation, right? They're wearing the tops. I would love to be able to just pan to a sock. A person has their, their feet up and you, and it doesn't have to be super fancy, right? You can do that on your iPhone, you know, uh, or your Android. <laughs> Let's get those folks in there. Uh, and it, you pan to the sock and then you pan to the top, right? And then, you know, you, you, you blur out the middle and then you got a funny commercial. And then you have ineffable socks. Make sure you're never something, something. You know, you're never not looking great. You know, and that's awesome, man. And, and, and that just becomes something so funny. Roll, roll that out on a couple of YouTube videos. Send some ads to them. You put the link in there for where they can get them, right? Or subscribe. I think you just rolled out a subscription service, right? Which yep. is all these are just lanes. But get this, you start getting sales, your inventory systems and management better be shored up. 
you got to know how you're going to get people to, how you're going to distribute it to them. And you got to know, you know, if I order, and you got different sizes of socks, right? I had some that were a little snug on me, mm-hmm. right? And then, we had, yeah, we had like women's cut. And uh, we're actually doing a little more children's in this, in this newest uh, batch that we're, we're coming out with. Uh, we're going to have some, some more children's. I, I've been having my kids and my kids' as friends and stuff. When are you going to have socks in our size? And so, uh, yeah. So, yes, we, we have different cuts. Um, so we have a women's cut, which is, would be a little slimmer. Um, we have athletic cuts, which is more like a tube sock. Um, the novelty cut, and then we'll also have the kids' sizes as well. So there it is, everybody. You, you're able to understand why it's important to have a good inventory management system, style, uh, procedures, however you want to say it, so that you can maximize on your profit potential, so you can maximize on your cash flow, so that you can be prepared if you get that big order and you got to scramble and make it happen, there's no scrambling. You're just kind of going, man, no problem. You know, I can hit a button and it tells me that I can get you 17 socks in this color. And, or if get this, if you're noticing what's selling the most, you now can be some, um, you can be strategic. in when you're talking to the buyers, you can say, hey, buyer, I understand that you do this all day, but here's what we're finding. Mm-hmm. We're finding that you know, 57%, 60%, 70% of women are buying our socks. And which ones are, are being sold to which demographic? Right. So we're seeing that women are buying this sock at a 70% rate, um, and men are buying this sock at an 82% rate or whatever it is uh but but there's a lot of things that you can do um a lot of the numbers especially when we get into our financial uh, management system these play into your inventory this as well a lot of a lot of the areas um that we talk about they they are so important together using them together um and that's going to be one of them that is key um to use in determining what type of inventory and how much inventory and whatnot you keep. There it is. So get out there, start making some good inventory management choices, right? And if, you know, you want to talk to us more about how, you know, we do what we do, whether it's in the digital space or in uh, having a product that goes into maybe retailers, we'd be more than happy. Send us an email. We'll leave some information for you so you can do that. Uh, in the description field, depending on where you're seeing this on YouTube or you're seeing it uh, auditorily. Um, so we want to just wrap up with a couple of things, guys. And that is, we hope that you've been getting some great value from the things that we're dropping on you as, as the two business guys mastermind and seeing how we're running some of our businesses. And if there's some areas that you want us to go deeper into, or if you want us to you know, go back and revisit, give us a call you know, or, or send us a piece of information, DM us, whatever you have to do, and we will do that for you. If you have a specific thing in your business, you can say, hey, look, this is not what you guys are typically talked about, but here's something that I'm struggling with. Then we will take a look at it. We will put the mastermind on it, and then we'll solve some of those problems for you. All right. 
Hey, John, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you very yeah, much thank for you very much. Uh, yeah. getting the sock orders out to the big retailers so now they can, uh, they can present your stuff. You guys get out there and buy that stuff. We really appreciate it. We'll talk thank to you. you next time.